Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. As we mentioned last week, our lovely host Kelsey Watsnauer is out of the office, so I will be flying solo. Usually, I would try and con one of our other reporters in joining me, but everyone has been so busy this week and I really didn't want to take up their time, so of course, things are going to be running a little differently today, so bear with me. I'm actually going to switch up our schedule today and go over some really heavy news we've been reporting on this week. Just as a content slash trigger warning, if you would like to skip past this section, go ahead and fast forward to a few minutes until we begin talking about uh, business and health. With that, I'm going to be talking about some public safety news coming out of Bloomington Normal this week. Illinois State Police are investigating a Monday shooting that left three injured and three dead, including the suspect, at a mobile home park in Normal. Authorities on Tuesday identified those killed in the shooting at Landing Estates Mobile Home Park in the 2000 block of Lambert Drive. Three people were pronounced dead at the scene, Sharon Rayner, 64, Julie Davis, 59, and Ronald J. Rayner, 66. State police did not describe Ronald Rayner as a suspect, but said that a male suspect was killed by police at the scene. The other two victims were women. Three other people were also taken to local hospitals for treatment, one with life-threatening injuries and two with non-life-threatening injuries. State police have taken over the investigation as part of the protocol for officer-involved shootings. This was a terrible tragedy that occurred last week, and the Panagraph has closely followed the situation. We also have filed a Freedom of Information Request Act for body camera footage. Kate, Heather, and I were out on the scene talking with community members who helped support those at Landing Estates, which was blockaded and on lockdown for several hours due to it being an active shooter situation. Kelsey Watsnauer, Tim Egger, and Kate were all working on the initial reports, so be sure to find their stories as well. For more updates, be sure to check in with us at panagraph.com. The search for missing Illinois State University grad student Jelani Day continues as family members desperately search for information. Day, who has family from Danville, was reported missing August 25th after not attending class for several days. Security surveillance video has shown Day visiting Beyond Hello Dispensary in Bloomington the morning of August 24th was just the day before he was reported missing. Police say his 2019 Chrysler 300 was found August 26th in the woods south of the Illinois Valley YMCA in Peru, which is 60 miles north of Bloomington Normal. But some of his personal items are still missing, and his mother and family were canvassing Bloomington earlier this week to find anything that can connect them with Day. Brandon Dennison spoke with Jelani's mother, Carmen Bolden Day, this week about the search. Anyone with information is encouraged to contact Detective Paul Jones at 309-434-2548 or via email at pjones, that's P as in Paul, at cityblm.org. For our full coverage, find Brennan and Connor Woods' reports at panagraph.com. Moving into some business news, um, Monday, of course, is Labor Day, and in celebration, our three newsrooms have worked on several pieces pertaining to labor, unions, and the celebration of America's workforce. In Mattoon, reporter Athena Pager spoke to local unions on how they work to fulfill hiring needs and improve the lives of workers. Members of the UA Plumbers and Pipe Fitters Local 149 and International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 146 talked about what they are doing for their members and more. If you want to read more, you can find Athena's story at jg-tc.com. You can also visit any of our three websites, including panagraph.com and heraldandreview.com to check out local coverage of Labor Day and more. 
If you love business, especially keeping up with local business and restaurants, check out Bloomington reporter Tim Eggert's business column, which is published every Wednesday at The Panograph. Each week, Tim takes a deep dive look at a topic, and this week he spoke with the top executives from State Farm a year after U.S. Bank acquired the insurance giant's existing deposit and credit card accounts. You can find this week's column at panograph.com if you want to read more about that. He has also done some really cool stuff with his column, such as profiling new businesses like this one that's just down the street from the Panograph office that specialize in curiosities and more. Very weird stuff, but very cool. <laughs> we really like Tim's column, so he says it's a labor of love, and uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out. Same to uh, Lenore Sabota's Nature column, which we we feature quite a bit on the podcast. Moving into health, Sarah Bush Lincoln Hospital in Mattoon has announced plans and a fundraising campaign to build a hospice house on its main campus. The addition would offer a peaceful home-like residence for terminally ill to receive short-term hospice care. Sarah Bush Lincoln plans to begin construction of the $8 million eight-room building in the spring of 2022 with plans to open in early 2023. It will be the hospital's first fully dedicated inpatient hospice house in East Central Illinois. For more information, you can find Rob Stroud's report at jg-tc.com. Central Illinois Children's Hospitals have joined a national group requesting aid from the Biden administration to care for a rising caseload of pediatric patients. OSF Healthcare Children's Hospital of Illinois in Peoria and HSHS St. John's Children's Hospital in Springfield are part of the Children's Hospital Association, of which sent a letter to the White House last week asking for immediate help in addressing a growing national pediatric hospital capacity crisis, Panograph reporter Lindsay Jones wrote this week. The request was made amid high demand and staffing challenges as the hospitals near capacity and are expected to see an increase in demand as the school season begins. Jones has a report on what's going on at our children's hospitals, why they are seeing a spike in pediatric cases, and more at Panagraph.com. In education news, Decatur Public Schools has released an online survey for the community to weigh in on its search for a new superintendent. The survey asks the community about what the district has been doing well, what it can do better, and what people would like to see in their next superintendent. It is available at www.decatur.com dps61.org through September 8th. A report on the survey will be presented to the school board on September 14th. For more information, you can read Valerie Wells' full story at herald-review.com. Because she worked so hard on it, we're going to shout out Kelsey's story on schools and COVID relief funding. In a two-part series, Kelsey broke down the funding Central Illinois schools could receive, how it impacted Bloomington Normal Schools, and how Bloomington Normal Summer School saw a boost in COVID relief funds. They are all really great in-depth pieces, and I highly recommend heading over to Panograph.com to check it out. I also believe that Valerie Wells with the Herald and Review wrote a similar story for the Decatur Schools, so be sure to check out all of our websites if you want to see how those funds are being used in your local community. And um, I'm going to move into some sports news now, uh, starting off with a really interesting piece that I actually read about outside of our, like, central illinois news district just because you know it's not often that i like hear about espn stuff because i'm not like an avid sports watcher but i found this case like super interesting okay i really hope everyone listening has already heard about this incredibly controversial football game that aired on espn or else this story might not make sense well in long story short fashion img 
Academy, one of the top prep football programs in the country, opened its season last weekend with a stunning 58-0 win over Ohio-based Bishop Sycamore. The game aired on ESPN and was billed as a matchup between two teams with multiple Division I prospects. If you're wondering why that matters, well, it's because Bishop Sycamore is facing a lot of controversy because the school is not a member of the Ohio School Athletic Association, and players on the team have actually claimed that it's a fake school and program. Okay, on to why I'm talking about it. Well, Herald and Review reporter James Boyd wrote about Illinois State recruit Sean Miller, who played against Bishop Sycamore in the now-famous ESPN game. It's a really great story with stats on Miller and a breakdown of the whole controversy. I highly recommend checking it out if you can find it at herald-review.com. Illinois State University Jada Stinson is bringing back new experience after traveling to Japan this summer for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. This week, reporter Connor Woods spoke to Jada about her time playing with the Puerto Rico national women's basketball team in Tokyo this summer, the first time Puerto Rico has sent a, a women's basketball team to the Olympics, according to the International Basketball Federation. Now that she's back in the States, it sounds like Stinson is really excited to play with ISU. And if you want to hear more about her achievements and what she hopes to bring to the team, you can find Connor's story at Panagraph.com. In other ISU-related news, the Redbirds are taking on Butler in their opening season at Hancock Stadium this Saturday. The game will begin at 6.30 p.m. and will be televised by Marquee Sports Network. The marching band will also perform with a halftime fireworks show. We're all super excited to see the football team take the field, so if you want to find more about the details uh, and the rest of the season, you can read Randy Reinhardt's story at Panagraph.com. I didn't really have a lot uh, pulled up for community news, and that's really because there's just so much stuff going on. Um, we have 9-11 coming up next weekend. We have Labor Day on Monday. We have all these special sections going on, plus four more farm-focused stories coming out uh, this week at all three of our websites, herald-review.com, jg-tc.com, and pantograph.com. You can read farm-focused stories. Um, we also have, like, as we talked about last last week, the farm focus stories are features about the latest and greatest in ag in central Illinois. Uh, we have Labor Day stuff coming up. Um, all three of our websites are doing like so much with that. Labor unions, what Labor Day means to people. Um, personally, I love Labor Day weekend. It's because it's like in my hometown, um, Robinson. I'm actually from Palestine, but which is yeah palestine it's always like a huge deal because there's like this town-wide garage sale and it's also the rodeo weekend and i just have a lot of really great memories of going to like the rodeo with my grandma and stuff and um it's just love labor day weekend um also this weekend you know as as i said earlier the isu is kicking off their football season at hancock stadium we also have the last installment of the panagraphs sponsored concert series saturdays on the square with kalu and the electric joint performing i'm really excited about that i actually spoke with uh the frontman kalu james this morning about the band and their music and, it's, and i've also been listening to the album all day it's been it's really great it's like a mixture between american soul and rock and um beats from Kalu who's from he's an immigrant from Nigeria so that's really awesome and I'm really excited to end the concert series on like a really great note this weekend 
Again, I can't emphasize this enough. There's just so much going on in Decatur. There's um, the Farm Progress series, which uh, Donette Beckett has been writing about. I saw there was like a doggy diving show competition with like really awesome photos of dogs diving into the water. Um, the Amish Cheese uh, Festival is coming up. You can read that uh, at jg-tc.com. Just like... It's been a really heavy news week, but it's just really great to see like there's all these community events coming back and honestly, I'm just really excited and um, this time of year is my favorite if you haven't noticed like basically August through December, that's my time. Kelsey will disagree with me, but that's my jam. I just love it. The weather, it's been beautiful all week. Like 70s, that's perfect. Last week, too hot. I hate hot weather. I felt like I was melting. Okay, I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. But <laughs> I just really love this time of year. And I, I hope you guys continue to listen to the podcast. Continue reading our stuff at panograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and all of that. But really, that's going to do it for us today, folks. And as always, if you're enjoying our podcast and our reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to pantograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to look up subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism.